Copernicus. Gravity. Imagine dragons if they were real. I screwed up. Welcome to Science with Brian, a special edition of Pine Quest Creatures with Dr. Brian O'Neill. Today, we will be discussing the metaphysical limits of the fabric of space Think of space-time as a membrane of infinite universes stretch across all we can imagine into an infinite multiverse. And in each of these, I'm smarter than my brother. Flat Earth Theory. Welcome to a special edition of Pint Glass Preachers, back by popular demand. It is Science with Brian, with your good friend and mine, Dr. Brian O'Neill. Uh, we are glad to have him with us, but we have uh, kept him on the sidelines for a while, in the penalty pox, if you will. Uh, and uh, But he is, he is back with us. But I do want to let you know, there's a reason why we've kept him on the sidelines. What's that reason, Josh? It's because he just continually rubs his hairline into his brother Tom's face. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when we finally invited him back on tonight, he literally kept the camera only pointing at his upper forehead where there's not even a hint of a widow's peak. And as soon as Tom got on, it was the first thing he noticed and immediately began weeping and making up excuses yep. like, oh, one of my kids is puking. I have to leave the room. When we know he was just going and crying, crying in the, in the other corner. room and lamenting the lack of hair follicles. And so Brian, Brian continues just to antagonize his brother. Brian, mm -hmm. it hurts me in the feelings. Okay. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. Wow. You know what? And that callous <laughs> attitude. Oh. This is this is why this Brian is why. was in the penalty box. This is why he was in the penalty box. Clearly, you can see. Clearly, you can see why. Well, but he is here now. We've uh, released him on all of your earbuds. And uh, and so, Brian, welcome back. Glad to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm glad I can be here. Excellent. Excellent. All right, man. We're just doing it. This is this is rapid fire time. And so, right. uh, Josh, go. Yes. Okay. So speaking of the penalty pox, it got me thinking about the Black Plague, also known as the Bubonic Plague. Two questions. One, what does bubonic mean? Uh, Follow-up to that, why did they call the Black Plague the Black Plague? Was it because the pox on the skin like turned to black? Or was it just because of the om om ominous darkness of everyone dying from a global plague? So it um, Black Plague because they would – the lumps underneath the skin, the lymph nodes would be swelling and there would be subcutaneous bleeding, basically bleeding underneath the skin – that would um, it'd be just like having bruises all over, and then you would look black. So a blood um, blister all over your body. Yeah, um, and so and I think it also goes well with the whole death around the world kind of deal. It's a okay. twofer, but yeah, yeah, you missed the whole bubonic part. Yeah, right. Um, I'm actually not sure about that. I think mm. yeah, I'm not even a hazard guess on that one. Mm. Stumped you. Make a great suggestion though. Uh, bubonic chronic. Yeah, that's a rap lyric somewhere back in the day that I can't place at the moment. I'll think of it by the time the segment's over. Do you think they treated the bubonic plague with marijuana? Uh, they tried to treat it with essential oils, which are <laughs> complete crap. 
and <laughs> do not work. Do you know the the uh, that there's this oil that you can buy now, thieves oil? We have it in the Casper yeah. home. Do you know th- what that actually comes from? It comes from you know those those people with those big like goose masks that are those those big like long nose masks. They were grave robbers, and um, the thieves oil is a mix of three different essential oils that they would put in their um, in their mask to try to stop the bubonic plague from um, from spreading and getting infected with it. Oh my goodness! So, but Did why it... the giant long noses mask? So, so it, it would be a long nose, and in there there was like cotton soaked in this oil. Interesting. Wow. That's fascinating. I almost feel guilty of having you in the penalty box for so many months. We missed out on these real gems. Here it is. Later on that day, my homie Dr. Dre came through with a gang of Tanqueray and a fat butt J of some chronic bubonic chronic that made me choke. Shoot, this ain't no joke. We're talking gin and juice, folks. That's that's where it's from. Laid back. Laid back. My money, my money, my mind. All right, Brian. Next question. Hey, you know those silicon packets that I find in bacon bits and weirdly the pockets of my new coat? What are those all about? Uh, So those are uh, they they absorb water. It's silicon dioxide, and all they do it's totally harmless. They always say do not eat on them, right? Because they're so oftentimes found in food packages, but they're totally fine. Um, you so could, I could eat them? You could eat the ones that aren't colored. Uh, the ones that like completely clear ones, they would just absorb about half their weight in water and then just you'd poop them out like, like you wouldn't even know. What do they taste like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, never having tried it, I do not know. Uh, what would happen if just asking for a friend, what would happen if I ate a Tide Pod? (laughs) Uh, you would get dumber than you are. Okay. And maybe die. Which is saying something. Which is maybe why Rob Gronkowski is a spokesperson for Tide Pods right now. (laughs) (laughs) He ate the most. He probably ate a Tide Pod and that's how he missed that tackle against the Dolphins. uh, Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) Last minute victory. Next one comes in uh, from my five-year-old son, Brian. Uh, Well, my five-year-old son is not named Brian, uh, but my five-year-old son, comma, Brian, this one's for you, comma. Uh, Don't worry about my grammar. Uh, It's it's good. uh, He he asks, uh, Dad, when a sheep is sheared, when you shave off their wool, does the sheep die? (laughs) Hey, my kids just asked that exact same question the other day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It must be like a five-year-old thing. It, I mean, it might be. Do, do you die when you get your hair cut or when you shave your beard, Gabe? I die a little inside. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm still here and I have gotten a haircut. You, Not you recently. Always, you can always turn it into a Samson story. Ooh, that's good. I feel there like you your 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 intellectual superiority is just really shining through tonight, Brian. I feel like you've just been like. <laughs> Holding back all of your cynicism and snark comments to us because it's been too long. And they're just being unleashed like the dragon from Cisco. <laughs> you know, right. that's been the problem with this podcast. There have not been enough Cisco references. Do you know Cisco lives in Maple Grove, Minnesota? No way. He, he probably does. blends into the snow with his silver hair. <laughs> Could be. Seriously. <laughs> 
Okay, Brian. Uh, Brian, since you are, what are you again? What's your PhD in? Something with rivers and aquatic life. Yep. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one is actually within your field of study. Why are fish slippery even when they're outside of the water? Like, one thing, I, I don't fish a lot, but when I do, on the rare occasion I catch something, it's really irritating and somewhat disgusting when I try to grab the fish and it's slimy and slippery and just jumps out of my hands into the sand or the dirt or back okay. in the water, even worse. Right. So it depends on what fish you're talking about. So not all fish are super slimy, right? Um, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> they are not. Um, That's like when a preacher says right in their sermons 20 times. Mm-hmm. Right. Josh. Good. So the mucus, because that's what it is, is um, a way to decrease the, well, it, it's an extra barrier between the scales and um, just the outside world. So it keeps everything so the fish can basically slide through the water easier. It, it reduces friction. It also has some immune properties. And certain fish, like um, a hagfish, you can put one of them in like uh, just a five-gallon bucket and you can grab it, and when it's def- one of its defense mechanisms is to create a bunch of mucus, and it will fill up the whole five-gallon bucket with mucus. That's disgusting. I was going to say that sounds really phallically gross. <laughs> but it it, <laughs> it gums up the, the fish's mouth that's eating it, so it can't, um, can't take it in water anymore. Hmm. Okay, that's can you so, – so you named obviously an overly mucused fish. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one of the name one fish that does not that is not slippery? Yeah, underly mucused fish. I, mean, I think sharks, right? They're, they they're, I, I don't know. You well, keep they're... saying right, but I don't know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we no, have no. you on this program for a reason, Brian. Sharks are not slippery. Like they're very slippery one way, but they're not the other way. So they have scale that that's this weird kind of. Um, it's not. It's not mucus, but it's scales that kind of like come up and then sweep back and are able to um, be really low friction, but not any slime involved. Because hmm. they're kind of sandpapery the other way, right? Yeah, really sandpapery. Yeah. They can like rub off your sharks. So sharks are like the porcupine of the ocean? Sharks what? Are like the porcupine of the ocean. <laughs> you can pet them one way and, and everything's fine, but then you go against the grain Next thing you know, you got a fistful of quills. No, sea urchins. Sea urchins are the porcupines of the ocean. I suppose that's true. I I prefer to think of it as sharks. This is right (laughs) along your alley, too. I was listening to to a report today. Uh, The EPA or the administration would like the EPA to make some some changes. Uh, What do you consider a waterway? Oh, this is a good question. Is it... um, So... Are we talking about waters of the United States? Well, the EPA pretty much only has jurisdiction over the waters of the United <laughs> States. But, um, no, that that's a specific that's a specific thing. Like so, but, sure, go. Let's go to the United States. So, so some people use it that it has to be navigable by a boat, whereas okay. some people say it needs. And this is what I would use: 
It needs to have evidence of hydrology within 18 uh, inches below um, the sediment surface for seven days of the growing season with evidence of hydric soils and evidence of wetland plants. So okay, that was, thanks to Wikipedia. No, that's wetland delineation 101 right there. So the because, point being that like it has to be regularly a watery place, like yes. so much so that it can grow uh, plants that live in water. Well, yep. I'm glad I'm glad you actually said that because right now apparently the EPA's definition is any place that's ever been wet is like considered a waterway. Um, but the administration would like them to scale that back to uh, to basically rivers and lakes because right. then because then they can take uh, like uh, dry riverbeds that are occasionally wet. You could fill that in and develop on it. You only uh, need seven days of the growing season. Well, right. So uh, wetlands, you know, things like that. And so um, that's that's coming down the pike. And so I thought it was interesting and knowing that we were going to be having science with Brian today, I thought it fit in. The LA okay. river is a another, good example. I have another aquatic <laughs> one for you. Uh, so <laughs> fish, some types of fish at least like grow based on the size of their container. Not really. It's kind of a myth. <laughs> Wait, so that church planting principle that Gabe and I were taught is a total and complete lie. No, dude, I've seen it, man. Like, like my grandma's aquarium growing up, like if there was like two fish in there, they got real big. If there was like 20 fish in there, they didn't get as big. But you're confusing amount of food with size of the container because your grandma uh, doesn't just dump food continuously in there. If you take, um, you can put like uh, rainbow trout or they're a really good example that oftentimes get um, put in containers really, really small you can they'll just fill up the tank as long as they have enough food they can grow so your grandma's fish just maxed out on the amount of food that they got that they couldn't maintain and grow anymore they could only maintain at that size of how much food your grandma gave them gotcha wait so then that's the same thing with like koi koi fish like koi ponds mm-hmm. yeah because mm. those big just... koi fish are disgusting like yeah. a little koi is cute a giant one is the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they can be like 60 years old. Ugh. And so they just like there's an it, it, there's like an infinite curve of growth. Well, I mean, eventually you run out of space, right? No, I mean, I'm just saying like so say. Well, yeah, could you have like a giant koi fish? If you like just say, say one koi fish lived in all of Lake Michigan and that was <laughs> it. And it just had all the food it wanted. How big could the koi fish get? Well, so, so, I mean, first off, Lake Michigan doesn't have a lot of nutrients. But, Big enough so that you can make a movie starring Jason Statham. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mega no, 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 I mean, There's an amount of, like, the fish can only grow at a certain rate, like at a max rate. Once you reach that max rate, then any extra food, you wouldn't get any, be getting any bigger faster. But then, then it would grow up at a certain size and then eventually, like, old age would take over and it would die before it got ginormous. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, anyway, our what, movie. What, what was your question? Well, it was just to be, how does that work? Oh, okay. But now it seems like it's just like you eat and you get bigger like everyone else. Right. Okay. Um, although I'm not really sure how that works, but I don't care to ask. Um, 
<laughs> Next one is, uh, oh wait, well I should have cared to ask because I totally forgot what my my next one was. So is your question why they keep growing bigger and why yeah. they don't? So um, fish, when they spawn, they can their number of eggs that they can lay has to do with their total body size. So the bigger a fish is, let's say it puts thirty percent of its body weight into um, into eggs, and this is females. Um, so you, the bigger it is, then the more eggs it can lay every year. So it pays to be big, essentially. It pays to be big because then you can make more babies. Yep. Uh, so what you see in a lot of fish species is the females are a lot bigger. Hmm. Oh, actually, that reminds me of another thing. Uh, there's kind of this, like, I don't know, sort of famous thing that floats around in the world that uh, male seahorses mm-hmm. carry the babies. Yep. Doesn't that make them not males? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a cute little giggle, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's a no. Afghan bed. They have the, like the males produce the sperm, and then the the females put the eggs in the brood pouch of the male. Interestingly, though, what we see in most species is you know you, you, um, well human. Let's take humans out of it, but um, females will oftentimes choose the mates. Um, because they put in a bigger investment. Uh, so, and that's what we see is that species or the, the sex that puts in the bigger investment generally gets to do the choosing. So what we see is in, in seahorses, since the males are the ones that are carrying the babies and are more vulnerable for a longer time, um, they are actually doing the choosing. And they get to choose the mate. Although I would argue the human species, at least in the modern age, the women choose more than the men, right? Like, like dudes have to ask and she has to say yes. Like, like, and so she's the one saying, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah. No sure. agrees with me. Okay. I, I don't disagree with you necessarily. <laughs> hey, Brian, what's the square root of minus one? I. All right. Good call. Dude, Brian, let's guys, let's. Oh, go ahead, Gabe. You ever ask uh, Siri what zero divided by zero is? I have not. It's hilarious. She says, uh, "Well, let's say you have zero cookies and you have zero friends. Uh, then you have no cookies and no friends. And Cookie Monster is sad because there are no cookies, and you are sad because you have no friends." <laughs> <laughs> hey Siri, what's zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split. Them- friends how many cookies does each person get see it doesn't make sense and cookie monster is sad that there are no cookies and you are sad that you have no friends <laughs> he so tells true. the truth he tells the truth all right Brian, lied. if i heat my solid state hard drive until it becomes a gaseous state hard drive <laughs> would that enable cloud computing <laughs> uh, oh, gross. uh nope you would just lose all of the pictures of your children. Oh, no. Why do meteors always land in craters? Uh, uh, good one, right? You got me there. <laughs> Why do people say it's been a minute when it clearly has been much, much longer than a minute? Specifically referring to, oh, it's been a minute since I've seen you, or it's been a minute since you've been on Pine Class Preachers, Brian. 
Yeah, Brian, answer that scientific yeah. question. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so scientific. And uh, clearly you have no answer for it. So. I do not. I do not. Interesting. Interesting. I'll give you a minute. Nice. I feel like this has devolved into Tom Googling bad science jokes. I got one to end on. Okay, okay. Last one and then we're out. Asking for a friend. I got laser eye surgery a month ago, but I still can't shoot lasers out of my eyes. Am I doing it wrong or should I get a refund? <laughs> that one's actually really good. I feel like, Tom, these aren't actually being Googled by you currently, but they're from Reddit threads and forums that you've been following for years <laughs> decade. <laughs> uh well friends thanks for tuning in to this special episode of science with brian uh dr brian o'neill thanks for being a part of it of our rapid no questionnaire Nailed i look button. forward to the next one we'll It'll pray for nice. wisconsin yes yes mc squared curia triangle Simple mitosis. Mitosis? Does he smell breath? <laughs> no! That's when the cell multiplies. Oh, that's halitosis. That's halitosis. <laughs> <laughs>